Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. AD. Yo. Man, they done canceled the Rose Parade. The Rose Parade, an American pastime. Won't be that. What are, what are you going to do, man? Don't cry. It's special to me, man. It is. It's very special to me. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. ED, you know, it was a pastime. Every New Year's Day, you wake up, you watch the Rose Parade. I was actually in a Rose Parade once, and so this is near and dear to the heart of your boy. But we got a bunch to get to on this show. Look on Twitter, all of a sudden, Nick Bosa is trending. Why? Well, maybe because he's one of the top edge rushers in the entire NFL. We'll give you our assessment of Mr. Bosa. Also, Raheem Moster. Last week, ED, we talked about Raheem, and um, you know the news came out that that he he had requested a trade, but we didn't really have any numbers behind it. So now we got some numbers we can play with. We can get into that conversation uh, once again. And also, Jamal Adams is. It the right play for the Niners to try to make a move on the star safety from the New York Jets. And also, any obsessions? We, we learned about Jimmy Ward's <laughs> obsession. Do you have any obsessions? Any weird obsessions from your teammates, ED? We'll get that answer as well. But first, Nick Bosa. Um, top three edge rusher in the game. Uh, this according to a report done by Phil Yates of ESPN. Um, the interesting thing about all of this is... You have that article, and then you got all the faithful on Twitter just going ham because they are upset because of the Madden ratings. <laughs> Which is running. It's, that's hilarious to me. <laughs> oh, that is so hilarious. Nick and Bosa I- not in the top ten amongst uh, edge rushers as far as ratings go on, on the Madden 21 <laughs> video game. People are irate about this, ED. Uh, really? It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's so funny. Okay, now I can tell you, EA Sports, back when I was playing, and maybe they've gotten a little bit better about it, but you know what would happen with the ratings? We would sit down, and I was one of the players. We would sit down, and we would literally be over there at EA Sports in the boardroom, and they'd ask us, what do you think about this guy? And guys would be like, ah, no, he's not that fast. <laughs> uh, he's all right. He's all right. Now, he got good hands. Oh, you know what? He's got a little shake to him. He may be. I mean, that was really – that was the guy on on dudes sitting down, pseudo-hating on other guys <laughs> for their numbers. That's that's what you're really going off well, of. But you, you had the advantage, right? They, they're right there in, in San Mateo, correct? So they, they can yes. just reach out to you yes. guys. Yeah. The, yeah. So, we, I mean, we would literally go and sit down and just talk to him about players. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, he's the truth. So he should be this and he should be that. Or like, no, that guy's not that good. I'm sorry. I don't care if he went to the Pro Bowl. He's not that good. <laughs> it was that way. So, guys, don't get caught up in Madden ratings because you do realize it's a video game. It's a game. It's not real. 
Well, they, they they've graduated a little bit more. It's a little bit more intense than than when when you were were around Ed. They they actually have like a a team now, and they actually go out to 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 different venues to whether practice facilities or games I, uh, during the season. These ratings get updated during the season now, and and you know who it. who's a part of that? Barry Sanders Jr. is a part of I, that team. Hey man, I get all of that, but guess what? At the end of the day, it's a game. So Nick Bosa not being a top 10 pass rusher doesn't mean he's not a top 10 pass rusher. So it's a game. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. It has nothing to do with the way a dude is going to play when he touches the field. So it, I just think it's it's incredible to me how people really go all crazy about that Madden rate. I mean, Players and fans. Yeah, everybody does. I mean, it's it, this is a real thing. So you got that side of it, and then you got the Field Yates side of it in which he was able to poll anonymously a bunch of – um, a, a bunch of coordinators, execs around the league, and, and Bosa, by them, in real life, considered a top three edge rusher in the game. This coming off just his rookie season, E.D. Uh, do you agree with that? Um, I believe he had a top three season. So that's the way you have to look at it. Because you, I don't know if you can sit here. It's amazing to me how they start rating these guys, and that's and that's the world now. Everything is so microwave. Um, so you, you know, yeah. Do I like Bosa? Is he a dude? Yes. Um, is he the greatest of all time? Do, are you going to put him up there? Like he's he's done it for one season. I, I don't I don't know if he's going to have the sophomore slump. I don't know if he's going to be able to go back to back. I don't know. I expect him to, but that's that's why I say some of this stuff. I I just want to wait and see and see how a guy plays um, because you're basing that off of not off consistency. You're basing it off of one season. And I've seen a lot of guys and we'll get to a guy that had, you know, had a, a splash season. We'll talk about radio in a little while, but it, it's more to it than that. Just that one season. So um, do I, it, he, he's a dude. I expect him. I expect him to be there. But going into this season, if you're saying, do I expect him to perform like a top five pass rusher? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, I don't think it's fair to try and rate the guys and say this guy is one, two, three, four, five when you're when you're dealing with a guy coming off his rookie year. The the sacks were there, but the the pressures were really there. Now in this new, I guess, analytics world. Um, there's a lot put on the pressures, right? And, and he was yeah. able to, to to pressure the quarterback last season at an alarming rate. Um, I mean, you you can't have that. That part is interesting to me because you know you, you can pressure the quarterback all day long, whatever. But obviously, it's those hits, it's those sacks that count, right? Um, uh, yes. But where I guess where do you place pressures? Like like how much? How how high do you how how high do you rate pressures when it comes to edge rushers and guys that make their money getting after the quarterback? Um, I rate hits and sacks higher, of course. Uh, pressures pressures are important because they do. There is something to be said about making a quarterback uncomfortable. Um, they they are human beings, and if they start to feel like uh, the walls are closing in, they begin to, to close in. 
if you can start, if they start looking at the rush, if you can get their eyes down because they're worried about getting hit in the, in the beak, then it does affect the way a quarterback plays. So there is something to it. But if a guy got 99 pressures and he never hit the quarterback and he never got a sack, is he really that effective? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So that, so that's, that's the thing to talk about when, you know, like this guy got all of these pressures, but did he ever actually close the deal? Did he ever actually make the layup? And if you never make the layup, I really don't know how effective you are because almost getting there doesn't, you, like I said, it can affect some guys, but there are some guys that it doesn't affect. There are some guys that are just unflappable back there and they'll take the hit. Yeah, they'll stand there in the pocket. Big Ben will stand there in the pocket and take the hit. Brady will stand in the pocket and wait till the last second. Eli would do it. I mean, we've seen tons of quarterbacks through the years that'll do that. So you have to make the layup. So that's that's the thing that of uh, some of these stats and we were talking about it once before with Jimmy when they were talking about the the most interceptable balls that he threw. Like what? <laughs> like, like that's not it. That's not a thing. <laughs> you either you either intercepted it or you didn't. So that's not it. So all these analytic guys, I, I mean, I understand they found a way to make themselves relevant, but in the scope of things, how important is that? That I mean, that's a great stat. This guy almost got there. So that's what you're basically saying. He almost got there. Almost. He did. He didn't. He didn't really. He didn't really close the deal. He wasn't close enough to hit the quarterback. He didn't get a sack, but. I'm just saying he almost got there and and if and if he can almost get there enough times he may possibly get there. So that that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't put I don't put that much juice into um a pressure. I I just really don't. Yeah, no, I I think it's a great point by you and something that that I was thinking about as well in terms of I mean, I want to be down Brandy said it best, right? Almost doesn't count so I mean it it but in the in the case of Bosa I mean this is a guy who came in and he kind of you know obviously he was able to do both and and he was able to do it at an alarming rate um yeah you just look at what he did throughout the course of the season and this and that just being year one right so obviously expecting more things from him in year two all my DIYers let me me say one more thing though go ahead say one more thing about Bosa um as far as you know like the whole top three thing and all of this stuff where is where is Ford because if Bosa if Bosa's number three, where is Ford? Because Ford's Ford's a better pass rusher than, than Nick Bosa. He's a better edge rusher. Damn, that's a good question. That's a good so, question. So, so, that, so, so that's what I'm saying. So people get all caught up in this stuff and those pressures and all this thing. There, there's so no if way. if Bosa is three, you think D Ford should be one or two? He's got to be at least. He's got to be. He can't be any lower than two. He, he's he's the best. He's the best edge rusher on the 49ers football team. Interesting. So how how can he not how can he not be rated higher than Bosa? So that's 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 the thing that I'm saying about this stuff. People people have these opinions of things, and I, I mean, I'm, and I'm just saying from the eye test. When 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 Ford and Bosa are on the field, Ford's better. Man. The whole defense is better. He's, he's I mean he's, he's a better pass rusher. He's a better edge rusher. So um, just wanted to leave that with you before we move on. No, I mean, great, great point by you. Great, great observation by you as well. Um, I, I just wanted to say something to all my DIYers out there. I know, I know there are a bunch of uh, 
DIYers out there amongst the faithful and Simply Safe has something for you. Obviously, right, we're in a new time, right? We're in quarantine. A lot of businesses are just uh, shipping stuff to you and allowing you to do it yourselves because they don't want to enter the house or maybe you don't want people to enter your home. You got to protect your family and all that. Well, Simply Safe offering a way for you to to do both, protect your family, also protect your home with Simply Safe. It was designed to be easy while using and protecting your whole home 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can order online, just open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. It's that simple. Head to simplysafe.com slash team. Get free shipping. That's free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com slash team. It feels good to fear less. Um, You talked about Radio Raheem. A, a little bit earlier this is the believe in 49ers podcast on the believe podcast network make sure you hit us up on twitter i'm at our haylock he's at underscore eric davis underscore subscribe rate review or located wherever you listen to and, and download your podcast um you mentioned radio raheem a little bit earlier uh ed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so uh, we we talked about we talked about this um, last week, the, the the announcement had just came out that that he requested a trade. So let, let's let's kind of circle back to this now a little bit. Um, you know, it it, it was kind of like, well, well, you know, obviously he wanted more money, but what, you know, how yeah. much more money, right? So I, yeah. I guess when we break this whole thing down, um, you know, he he's getting paid special teams money, right? He he got a pretty big special teams deal, being a special teams player. That's two point five. He's supposed yeah, to, he's a, supposed to that's make very good, very that's good, very good for teams, for yeah. teams, right? So I guess his point is he wants to be in line with the highest paid running backs on the team, and you look at Tevin Coleman, uh, he's uh-huh. he's the highest paid running back on the team. He's going to make four and a half uh, in twenty twenty. So so uh-huh. Radio Raheem is basically saying like, yeah, I was a teamer, but now I'm a running back. So just pay me like a running back. Um. Does that change your assessment at all from how you feel about about this situation? No, because he's still a teamer. He's, Ra- he's not. Radio. He's not. He's, not, he's Ra- not your number one running back. No, he's not. He's he's not the Niners' number one running back, or they would have paid him accordingly. They don't plan on him being the number one running back, or there wouldn't be an issue. He's he's filling in. He's filling in for their number one running back. He got the he got the position. He got to play because the number one running back went down. Um, he's being paid for what they expect him to do, and that's play on teams. And I know this may sound cruel to some, but that's just the reality of it. His career has shown that's who he is. And I think, and I, I said, he flexed too soon because you have an, an opportunity to prove that you can be a running back. Same thing I just said about Nick Bosa earlier. Yeah, one good year. Um, and I can't even say that, that Raheem had a good year. He had 700 yards. <laughs> Come on, there's there's not Come a there's on. not a running back there's not a running back in the history of the NFL that has gotten a raise <laughs> off of 700 yards. Come on, I'm man. Sorry. Come on. I'm you. But guys, you know you know you that's not it. you. But you know that those 700 yards doesn't really do justice to the impact he had on the team last year. Let's let, yeah, we can we can agree we can agree on that, right? We can we can agree that he was very impactful. Yes, we can agree that he came and filled in and gave them a spark when they needed it at the running back position. Yes, I can also we can agree that 700 yards is documented. 
Yeah, that's 700 yards. That's what he that's what he got. 700 yards. There will never be a running back in the history of the 49ers that can go in and say I deserve. I'm not going to say you won't get it. But there's no way you can walk in and say I deserve a raise off of 700 yards. You just can't do that. It's just not enough. Now, if that was now if he had come in filled in and hit him, hit him across the head for 1400 now, maybe because you would have other teams that would say, well, maybe nobody else is going to pay him more. That is, he flexed too soon. It's an early flex. And that's that's the issue that for the team. Not for me. I want everybody to get their money. But I'm saying you got to be smart about it. And the smart move is to understand that you're being paid really well for teams. You're being paid really well. Probably one of the highest contracts he's ever had as a player in the NFL. Now you have an opportunity to parlay that into running back money to, to get yourself in the eyes to where you can be viewed as a running back, which will help you as you age because teams may say, I can use this guy as a spot guy because he can consistently give me that. And you'll still make the running back money, not the high-end running back money, but you're still going to make more than just that team's guy. And I, I just think he's playing it wrong. So, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think he gets a raise out of it. I don't think the Niners are wrong for doing it. I think they view him as a team's player, um, just like the rest of the league has always viewed him. He's been around the league, and no one has given him a chance to do anything other than teams. So that's the way the league sees him, and it's it's a it's a harsh fact. After a certain point in the NFL, you are what they see you as. I, you made an interesting point last week in, in which you said that he's more valuable to the Niners than he is with any other team around the league, and so thereby that kind of takes away his leverage. Um, I, I think this this I look at this different a couple of different ways, right? In one sense, we're talking about one and a half to two million dollars, right? So he, he's not he's not trying to break the bank here. He's not trying to get rich. He's not trying to be paid amongst the highest running backs in the league for one, right? He just wants to be on par with the rest of the guys. In his room on that team, one, um, two. I think I think he kind can, of can I, can, I, can I speak on your number one point? Go ahead. Number one, point number one, running the wrong race. That that's where he, that's where he's messing up. He is trying to run someone else's race. He is trying to compare himself to the other guys. the The route that they took to get to where they are. Remember that contract. It's a bridge over what you've done and what you are expected to do. The route that those guys have taken to get there, it's a different route, different race than he ran. And now he's trying to use their race for his payday. And that's where he's messing up. It's not that's not his race. He needs to run his. And if he looked, if he stays on his course, he's gonna see. He's making more now than he ever made, and he can continue to raise that bridge. But he's trying to run someone else's race, and he's never going to be able to do that because yeah, he's not but, that person. But the argument to that is in 2019, he ran his race, and they were all looking at his back. Um, in, 20, in 2019, he ran his race because the other guys were going down. The guys that they were expecting to do it went down, got injured. 
and he did what you what you do when you're a backup. He came in, he filled in, and when you are a backup, you got to understand your role, and when you get your opportunity, produce. Injured or or ineffective, I think we could both agree. Tevin wasn't great last year, right? Um, so I I think it was. I mean, I came on I came on this pod multiple times saying, Radio Raheem, you know. He he brought he brought in that boost that that jolt of energy that was needed from the backfield because you know other guys simply just weren't getting it done. Um, agreed, agreed. But I, he still, but he, but did he start? Was he the guy? No, McKinnon was the guy. He he's not. He was never the guy. He was he was never the guy. So you can compare him to Coleman. You can compare him to Brita and all this stuff. He was never considered the guy. That's why I'm saying he's running the wrong race. He's trying to view himself. As those guys, he's trying to compare himself to the starting running backs in that room. They don't view him as a starting running back. The league doesn't view him as a starting running back. And he's, that's what I'm saying, he's killing himself by doing that. Yeah, to, to, use, to use your analogy, I, I think where he went wrong is going public with this. Um, that I, I don't, I don't. I definitely don't think that was his right play. And, and I, I well, think you, yeah. go, going back to what you said and, and you being – in that building and knowing how the organization works, there was probably going to be something that was coming his way. Um, but by going public with it, uh, I, I think he kind of did himself um, a disservice. Uh, wh- why don't you um, let us know about Manscaped, ED? Um, I, I think, uh, well, uh, you know what? More, more, so, you know what? more so to Manscaped, man. Let me, let me ask you a question. Um, be, because... Because, you know, sports are back, right? We know we have live sports back right, right now, which is a great thing. We're probably going to get the chance to see some NBA playoffs um, here shortly if everything holds up. If these guys stop getting sick and stay in after curfew in the bubble, we'll probably get to see some basketball. And we could possibly see the Clippers playing the Nuggets. Um, so that made me think about something, man. When the last time you shaved your ball? You know what? I got the Manscaped kit. I was able to do some manscaping about a week or so ago, um, and uh, actually probably about a couple weeks ago, and uh, it worked out well for me. I'm very okay, proud of myself. Okay, so yeah. the, I, I like it, and see, if, if you are going to put Clippers to the Nuggets, you see what I'm doing here, right? If you're going to put Clippers to the Nuggets. Oh, I see what you did there. I you see what, what you I did, did right there. there. You, you see what I did. So, yeah, you definitely need to get, think about manscape because – I don't even need to describe how easy it is. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to stress about it. Uh, the, you know, the family jewels will find themselves protected. I mean, if you need light, you can do it in the dark, man. You you can take care of the jewels in the dark if you choose to, uh, because the precision grooming and the lighting is absolutely perfect. So you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code Eric at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and I need you to use the promo code E-R-I-C. If you do that, you will be able to take your group, your game, your grooming game, that is, to the next level. Next level. Um, Hit us up on Instagram as well, at WatchRayRay. He's at underscore bump and run. Um, this is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review. Um... <laughs> One of your old teammates, uh, E.D., uh, Ronnie Lott, came out. He was on the Matt Mayako podcast mm-hmm. talking about Jamal Adams, and he talked about John Lynch and the willingness to 
the need for the willingness to be able to get this deal done. And he said, if you really want to win, you find ways to get these moments done in terms of the Niners uh, being active and trying to acquire Jamal Adams. Uh, my question to you is, is it the right move, right? We, we've been talking about Kittle, right, and, and, and his expectations for a salary. People were talking about $20 million per year. We kind of talked that down, but still he's going to get a payday coming his way. Obviously, you got the quarterback that you're paying, and, and depending on the success of the team, you're going to have to pay him more. You got Trent Williams. He's going to want his money as well. You got a whole secondary that you're going to have to take care of next season. Um, if you get Jamal Adams in the building, he's going to be expecting – uh, you're going to have to pay him, right? Because the, the price tag to give him up uh, at least one first-round pick and, and another draft pick and a, and a player, you're at least giving up that much to get him. Um, you're going to want to resign him after giving all that stuff up. Is this the right play for the 49ers and for John Lynch, who has created this thing in a, in a, in a sense that they could sustain excellence in terms of being in you know the playoff race being in the super bowl race by having you know all these controlled contracts uh well first of all having to pay um pro bowl and all pro players uh would be called the first world problem that's <laughs> that's exactly if you're the general manager if you're a team owner that's the exact conversation you want to be having how do we pay all of these good players that's where you want to be as opposed to saying we have all these draft picks and these bums in the locker room. And how do we get some of those Pro Bowl players? So that's where you want to be. Is Adams, is it, I'm with Runny. When Earl Thomas was up, you remember I was saying, go get Earl. Now that Adams, you have an opportunity to get Adams. He's an all pro player. He's young. He, he can even improve. And if you want, if you want to sustain success in the NFL, you have to be good at every level on defense. You gotta have. We we've already talked about Bosa and you know what's happening up front. So you got some young guys up there. You went and got Ken Law. Um, you know you just you just signed Armstead. Now you got these guys in your front, and and the Niners, I think, arguably the best front in the league. Your next level, your linebackers. You got to have stars on that on that level. I think it's safe to say that you got some some guys there at that next level that fit in that star category. Um, I, I mean, we can go across the board with those guys, and I mean, in, in some who you're not calling stars yet, like a Greenlaw, the guy is making plays like one. Okay, so you have that. So now you got to get to that back end. You got to have some guys. You got to have some stars on your back end. You got Sherm. Um, I, I like the re-signing of, of Ward. I like the things you, that you're doing back there. But if you have an opportunity to put a star back there, a bona fide star, you do it. And you, and you, and you, you, you have to have that, and, you, and that becomes one of your core guys. So you say you're going to have to pay him. Well, you're going to have to pay your guys if they develop. You, just like Kittle. You can draft him in the fifth round. But if he plays like an all-pro, you're going to have to pay, pay him like an all-pro. So the problem or the question of what do you do if you get him because you're going to have to pay him, well, you hope that's the problem. You hope he come – if you give up that first rounder, no no different than drafting someone in the first round. You drafted B.A. in the first round this year. Your hope is that by the time it's time for a new contract, 
he's playing like an all-pro. So a first rounder for an all-pro, I'm not mad about that. And you pay him accordingly. That's what you do. So you think it's, it's definitely the right move for the Niners? I think, without, I think without question it would be the right move. Man, get as many good players. I, I told you before, I had a very simple philosophy when I played. I want all the good players on my team. That's how I felt. I want all the good players on my team. We wanted to be the best. And I don't care where you were. And and it's not a question of too many guys. Guess what? Bring them in. And I told you this before. It was like with Prime. When we found out Prime was coming, great. We'll fi- we'll figure out the hierarchy and who's going to play when he gets here because we're going to compete. But if you had, if if they had come to me and say, hey, man, do you want Prime? Yes. <laughs> yes. I saw what that dude was doing on film. But yes, look at him. We would sit there when he was in Atlanta, like, man, that kid is good. When we were playing, like, like that is special. So the guys on the Niners in the Niners secondary, it's not a question of them thinking that they can't um, perform, but you're, but you're definitely not going to um, say, I don't want this guy on my squad. It's not a knock on the guys, and I think that's how people take it. It's a knock on the it's a knock on the safeties that are there. It's a knock on that. Like, no, if you get an opportunity to upgrade, you upgrade. Is Jamal Adams not better than the safeties on the team? No, I mean he he's an All Pro, right? So I mean, oh, you, there we go. You, you got an opportunity to get a guy like that, then then you go for it. But I think for me, it always goes back to to price tag, right? And and it's kind of the same with the whole Jalen Ramsey thing, you know from. You know, last season, you know, obviously he was on the market and, and we both agreed two ones was just way too much to give up for him. Um, the what the price tag is going to be for Adams. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, it looks like, you know, two two draft picks and a player, you know, one of those draft picks obviously being a first round draft pick. Um, I, I think well, so. Dra- I, I, well, let me, go ahead. Well, I was going to say two draft picks and a, two draft picks and a player is not too much because first of all, you know, you have to give up a one. So the question is, what is that second pick going to be? And um, you're and getting rid of a player is just that's money anyway. That's going to Adams down the road or going to Kittle or something like, you know what I'm saying? So you're going to it's it, it, and even if even if you get if, if it's a DB because he's coming into the room, someone's going to have to go anyway. So it's it's not it's, it just depends on what the number. I will give up a one for an all pro. Now what's the other one you're asking? I'm not giving you two ones, no. And I don't know if I'm necessarily going to give you a one and a two. So probably so maybe a first and a third, and, so, and then so may, maybe and, and somebody but, in the, the DB room. I also think people put far too much, far too much into that draft equity. Uh, the draft pick is a maybe. It's a maybe. I don't know what I'm going to get out of him. I know what I'm going to get out of Adam. So I'm not worried. Like when people are like you're going to give up a one for this guy, like yes, he is a one. Adams is a bona fide one. There's not a guy that you're going to draft. There's not a DB that you're going to draft in the upcoming draft that's going to be better than him. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so why would you be concerned about your about giving up a first round pick because you're not going to draft somebody who's going to be better than him for the next few seasons? So that's a win. So, 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 really, it's not even the one you're thinking about. It's the other draft pick, and the player is irrelevant unless you're trying to, unless you're saying, I, "You want this specific guy? I want your quarterback." You know what I mean? <laughs> or, or, or I want your your draft pick from last year that you like. That, that, as long as long as you're not asking for something crazy, the player is irrelevant. Um. All right. So, last thing before we get out of here, uh, Jimmy Ward unveiled his obsession 
for cheese fries uh, last week with, uh, with Niners.com. He's talking to Keanu Martin. Um, any obsessions you have, E.D.? Uh, any weird obsessions in any of your teammates that you can think of that you can speak of? Um, yeah, I don't know that I can speak of, especially <laughs> when I'm talking about teammates. They're still alive. I told you about that. Um, that that's kind of the rule. You don't talk about them if they're still alive. You can't talk about it. And um, most of my teammates, unfortunately, I've lost a few, but most of my teammates are still alive. Um, obsession, food-wise, vanilla ice cream for me. Um. That's that's one of the few things. Uh, I but once I discovered that there was actually a lactose free, um, lactose free Briar's ice cream, uh, may be the best invention um, outside of the automobile. <laughs> oh really? Uh, it's it's <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's amazing. It's 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 incredible. I. I and that's it. And don't tell me that vanilla is not a flavor. Well, we, 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 flavor. we had this talk before, and I think I did yeah, tell you that. People so are, I, yeah, people like, what are you, Rocky Road? And I'm like, who wants to put all that crap in it? It's like, vanilla is a flavor, um, and it's, it's that's, you know, so if we're going to go there, I can, we'll just, we'll just keep it like that. I, I mean, I, that's, that's one that I'll throw out there. I, I know some guys that had some very weird obsessions, uh, but we just can't talk about them. Because they're still alive. Can't talk about How about it. you? Yeah. For me, um, all right, so when I was a kid, I had this this ice cream that I loved, right? We, we used to, mm-hmm. my grandma used to take me to Clark's Drug Stores, right? So we didn't have, you know, where I grew up, we didn't have, like, the 31 Flavors or the Brewsters, like, all these fancy ice cream spots they got now, right? We would go to the drugstore, right? So either Thrifty or Clark's. And they had this ice cream called Champagne Sherbet. And it was <laughs> amazing, and all of a sudden, like, Clark's went away. The ice cream went away. I haven't had this ice cream in years, E.D., but it was, you know, it was similar to, like, an orange sherbet, but it was pink, and it, it had this kind of real distinct flavor. But it was kid-friendly, obviously, because, you know, I used to get it all the time. But uh, it was it was amazing. Um, I loved it, and I haven't had it in, in years. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I had an ex-girlfriend, actually, who found some. And she drove all the way to San Luis Obispo to get it for me, but she had to buy it in bulk. They didn't; it was seasonal, <laughs> so so they didn't. So you you had a big gap of <laughs> yeah, like and I was I was giving it away. So like all the homies had ice cream. Like everybody come over to the house, like they'll leave with like ice cream, right? Like for like a long time, right? But it but it wasn't the same, right? Like I just had I didn't have, I didn't have the heart to tell her like it wasn't the same ice cream, right? Like it was just way different than what I had growing up. So, I mean, you know, she tried, but um yeah, I it, get it. Yeah. It, I mean, I, you know, I, go go ahead. Go it, ahead. Not, I mean, it was that was if I could ever find that ice cream. Anybody know anything about a Clark's drug store and their champagne sherbet, you know, from back in the day? Hit me up cuz I I would love some. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, so I'm I'm sitting here just thinking about some of this and, and like you know what's funny man I'm, I'm driving right now and it's amazing buses in LA I love them because because they could care less about you <laughs> I just I'm just sitting here talking and how this bus just decided I'm switching lanes I'm looking right at you but you will move because I outweigh you and of course I move but they they crack me up the way the way they drive but I was sitting here thinking about just like certain things guys just had to do so i guess that would qualify as an obsession and i think about guys that 
like I, I know guys that had to. I literally I played with guys that had to smoke at halftime. <laughs> um, seriously, I I played with guys that had to smoke at halftime. I played with guys that would not would not touch the field, would not touch the field if they were sober. Mm. Would not. I I can some with alcohol, some with weed. Would not touch the field. You would um, that amazed me. Like, like I'm talking, and when I say would not, I'm talking practice, game day, would not touch the field, sober. Wow. Yeah, so I don't know if that, like I said, I don't know if that falls under obsession. I, I, would, I would say so. I, I would say so. Um, and, and I would say that was extremely, uh, extremely enlightening, <laughs> to, 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 to say the least. Um uh, <laughs> that, yeah, I mean it, it's uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, even yeah, yeah. I don't even have any words. Yeah. I don't even have any words. I don't even words. I go. I I two guys on two separate teams. Two guys on two separate teams. And I guess I know. I said I, I wouldn't I, say since they're since I'm doing it this way. They're not dead, but I'm really not. You're not disclosing the names. I'm yeah. not disclosing. Not disclosing I'm not disclosing. Names. You know, trade secrets. Uh, you know, I'm not giving the lab notes. Um, but two guys that. Um, had uh, they had lunch and dinner uh, at strip clubs. <laughs> this was like this was like a like a daily thing for them, <laughs> which I thought was which I thought was um, very interesting. Just, just no, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, know. I don't know. Some people would tell you the chicken wings down at the Barbary Coast are the best you've ever had. So I mean, you know, you, I, I, you, so you take say. that for you take that for for what so, it's so worth. So they say, I, you know. But I, yeah, I, you know. So I've, I've, I, and th- these are like, like I say, just easy ones. Like I said, I there are some guys that like it's, they're still alive, so I'm not going to even get into it because it. it, it everyone listening would deserve an explanation mm-hmm. um and the the story if i actually start saying it is not fair but yeah remember man I, I i was in a locker room with a whole lot of different individuals from all walks of life so there are some there are some crazy crazy things i mean like one guy would would go out and um i played with a guy that would go out and his thing was uh hunting but he would only hunt with a um, with a ten inch blade. He would stab everything. Oh wow! Yeah, no, he wouldn't shoot it. He and, and I and I always agree with. It. He said it's not fair. He was like it's not fair. He was like he was like I risk no injury and it's not fair for me to kill an animal um, with a gun. He was like it's not fair for me to hide and shoot an animal. He was like so um, I have to be able to get close enough to kill it and I have to be able to risk injury. And he would do that all the time so again like you know so that's why when you say obsession like what is it big you know i'm a, I'm obsessed with my family so you, you know what i mean so yeah i, I hear you this and, and whole, of vanilla ice cream yeah this this whole thing started with cheese fries but uh make sure you um <laughs> <laughs> and we Just, and we ended with bloody knives if, if, you, if, if you're a hunter be safe that's all i'm gonna say Oh man, uh, I, I think that's a good time to get out of here. We'll get out of here on that note. Um, this has uh, been the Believe in Forty Niners podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. <laughs> he is Super Bowl champ Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. We will see y'all next week. Peace. <laughs> 
for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.